Hello and welcome to church today. Wherever you're joining us from, may I extend a very warm welcome to each and every one. I'm Julie Rudd and I'm a member of Brighton Road Baptist Church and today I will be joined by several members of our congregation as we lead you to share in worship. Today I'm in my garden where evidence of autumn is very clear. The leaves on the trees are changing to rich colours of yellows and oranges and it's the time of the year when up and down the country and indeed across the world we have been celebrating the Harvest Festival. Maybe you did this by joining in online with one of the services, a small group gathering in church, or maybe you made a donation to one of the many food banks that serve our community. For those of us who live out in the countryside, we've seen evidence of the harvest with many farmers bringing in the, from the fields the harvest of corn, of barley and many other vegetables. So it seems appropriate that at this time of year, in this season of thanksgiving for God's harvest and provision, that we turn our attention to the seeds of God's work in the lives of those men and women around us. And we consider how we can bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus to those in our communities. Today's text reminds us of this calling into God's work of winning people into his kingdom. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, we read, He told them, The harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And so today, as we take this verse into our worship, let us take strength as we look at God's wonderful creation around us and courage from his promises as we come to offer ourselves in his service. Our first hymn reminds us of the strength and the hope that we find in Christ Jesus. So let us join together as we sing, In Christ Alone My Hope Is Found.
Let us pray. God of love, we come before you today to give you thanks for your gifts in creation, for our world and for the heavens which tell of your glory. We give you praise that once again your promise has been fulfilled and the seed time and harvest have not ceased. We pray for all those who make decisions about the resources of the earth and ask that we may all use your gifts responsibly and with thought for others. We pray, Lord, for those who work on land and sea, in city and in industry, that we may enjoy the fruits of their labours and marvel at your creation. We pray also for scientists, inventors, for those in medicine, that through their work and human ingenuity, we may seek to develop your world for the good of all. And Lord, just in the same way that you have made provision materially, we ask for your provision spiritually for the peoples of this earth. We pray, Lord, that as we share the news of your saving love with others, they may see in our thoughts, our words and our deeds, how you can make a difference in their lives, just as in ours. Help us, Lord, to bear witness of your truth, to bring light and salt into the lives of others. Equip us, Lord, to take the good news of your Son into this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you, Clemmie, for reminding us of the beauty and bounty that we have in the world around us. As you sang in that beautiful song by John Rutter, Look at the World. And now, as we think to our response to God's calling to take the good news to others, we can take inspiration from others who we know have taken God's news out into the world. 
The mission field can range, can't it, from the street in which we live or the town in which we work and move, all the way to new countries and new continents. I'm not sure about you, but one of my favourite lessons when I was younger at school was history. And I remember learning about an exciting figure in history who sincerely did accept the challenge of God's calling to go out into the world and into a new continent and that was David Livingstone. He was qualified as a physician or doctor and so he was able to show God's love in a very practical way to those who he met. He was also an explorer and he traveled in Africa. He traveled also as a missionary who brought good news to the people of Africa. But he was also a gentleman who fought hard for the abolition of slavery. He endeavored to open up new trade routes to provide a different means of livelihood as an alternative to the slave trade. David Livingston was credited with discovering Victoria Falls and there is a statue placed there to commemorate that discovery. Beneath the statue, it says these words, Christianity, commerce and civilization. So he's an example of someone who went out into the world to bring the good news of the gospel, but also in a very practical, caring and supportive way. Now we might not all be called to travel as far as Africa to share God's word, but we can take encouragement from people like David Livingstone and those modern day missionaries who do. We can find a way to share practically God's word and God's compassion. Now, one thing that I remember learning about is that David Livingstone, before he went, spent the evening before his trip praying and reading with his family for inspiration and for God's protection. And one of the things that he read in that service was Psalm 121. Let's listen now as Sharon brings those words to us to equip us for us to gain strength for the journey. Our reading is from Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore.
My reading today is from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 24. Jesus sends out the 72. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Shirazim. Woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, the Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, Jesus full of joy, through the Holy Spirit said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and to those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you, that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Thank you. Will you join me in prayer? Father God, we come to you to plead the needs of a hurting world. For some of us who were enjoying good health, income, 
peace, satisfying work and family security, we were tempted to think the world was good and evil constrained. And the fear of the COVID virus serves to remind us what many know as a daily reality, that evil and sin are at work in the world, intent on destroying your beautiful creation and securing power to itself. Lord, forgive us our blindness and failure to heed the warnings of scripture. Lord, I pray for those who face death with no security that they are part of your salvation plan and that you long to welcome them into your kingdom of love, righteousness, restoration, creativity. Lord, have mercy and equip us to share the good news of Jesus with them. Lord, I pray for those who wake each day to war, destruction, disease, hunger, insecurity, injustice, and all the evidences of sin in man's inhumanity to man. Lord, forgive our sometimes indifference and bring good governance to all your people and fill us with, who have plenty with the desire to share your blessings with those in need. Father God, I pray for those who this week the pain of mourning, grief or loneliness, mental torment, shortage of resources or work, failing health and fears and duress that they are under. Lord have mercy and fill us with compassion, resources and the desire to minister to them in your power. Lord for ourselves we dare to ask that you protect us from all the works of the devil and as your church that you will keep us close to each other and especially to yourself so that we may serve you and witness to your goodness, righteousness and the love you have for all your creation. Lord, please hear and answer these our prayers for Jesus' sake, our Saviour and Advocate. Amen.
as we go about our daily lives, do we see the harvest? Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful. There is a great harvest, an abundant spiritual harvest right now. However, Jesus says something further. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Jesus presents us with a problem. The problem is not with the harvest. It is waiting and ready, numerous, abundant. The problem is with the workers. They are few in number, small, puny. So we have the problem of the harvest worker contrast. Plentiful versus puny. The harvest potential is not realised. What is Jesus' solution? He is, after all, the one in charge, the Lord of the harvest. His solution is twofold. Firstly, prayer. Jesus turns our attention to prayer. Prayer to the Lord of the harvest. Jesus says, ask. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. What could be simpler? As we see the abundant spiritual harvest all around and about us, countless precious lives in desperate need of God's rescue, yet we see a need for workers. So we cry out to God in prayer, Jesus, Lord of the harvest, send out workers 
into your harvest field. Jesus, you are in charge. The field and its plentiful harvest belong to you. You are the one who calls, equips and empowers workers to go out. So prayer is the first part of Jesus' solution. He tells us to ask. What is the second part? Well, the second part is obedience to God's command. Jesus' encouragement to ask is followed by Jesus' command to go. So prayer is followed by obedience. In other words, we are to be the answer to our prayer. We are to be those who respond to God's call to go. We ask God to send out workers, so God commands us to go out and be his workers. Go. I am sending you out. God sends those who have encountered Jesus for themselves to share Jesus with others. See, God freely gave us the good news of the kingdom. The kingdom of God has come near to you. But we are not to stay in a holy huddle or holy bubble, tightly clutching to that good news of the kingdom. For God sends us out. Go, he says. Well, our enemy, the devil, wants to keep the good news of salvation suppressed. But may we leave the holy huddle and bring him holy trouble. Jesus can shockingly be the church's best kept secret and our enemy likes it this way. He wants the harvest of souls to himself. Yet Jesus, not the devil, is the Lord of the harvest and he calls you and me to be workers in his field out there in the big wide world of need. But I've got to be honest, this won't be easy. You will meet opposition and difficulty. Jesus commands his disciples, go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Jesus wants us to go out with our eyes open and our trust in him. Jesus made clear that his disciples will encounter trouble and persecution. How Jesus was treated or listened to will be how his followers are treated or listened to. Jesus said, Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, 
they will obey yours also. Yet Jesus commands us to go. It reminds me of words in Isaiah and Isaiah's calling by God. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Being sent out like lambs among wolves may not be the most motivating of speeches, but it is realistic. Jesus is calling you to count the cost. Are you willing to share Jesus with others out there, even though it may cost you? So Jesus shows us the abundant spiritual harvest around and about us. There is much to be done. We are called to pray and to obey. Not pray and look away or pray and stay. The unrealised harvest potential is not someone else's problem or responsibility. Lord, send out workers. Whom shall I send? Here am I. Send me. Go. I am sending you as lambs among wolves. If you see the need and are praying the prayer, Lord, send workers to meet the need, then be prepared to be part of the answer to go with the good news in word and in deed. And may it be said of you and me, we were sent, so we went. May we go with good news. May we go as good news. The kingdom of God has come near us, so we bring it near to others. Just one more thing. I finish with part of another parable that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 21. There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the second son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Will you ask the Lord to send out workers into his plentiful harvest all around and about you? Will you go and be one of those workers? It matters not what you say, but what you do.
we come together to share in the Lord's Supper wherever we are. We are invited by the Lord Jesus himself to dine with him, to dine with one another. So we come, not because we must, but because we may. We come not to testify that we are righteous in and of ourselves, but that we sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and desire to be his true disciples. We come not because we are strong, but because we are weak. We come not because we have any claim on heaven's rewards, but because in our frailty and our sin, we stand in constant need of heaven's mercy and help. The Lord Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And Jesus also said, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If any hear my voice and open the door, I will come into the house and eat with them and they with me. Let us pray. Lord, we come to your table, trusting in your mercy and not in any goodness of our own. We are not worthy even to gather up the crumbs under your table, but it is your nature always to have mercy, and on that we depend. So feed us with the body and blood of Jesus Christ, your Son, that we may forever live in him and he in us. Amen. The Apostle Paul tells us of the institution of the Lord's Supper. For the tradition which I handed on to you came to me from the Lord himself, that on the night of his arrest, the Lord Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in memory of me. In the same way he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. Let us pray and give thanks. Eternal God and Father, we offer you our praise and thanksgiving for the creation of your world in all its richness and glory, for your gracious work in redemption, in liberating the oppressed, renewing the weary and forgiving the sinful, for your calling of men and women to share in the work of salvation, in the story of Israel and our story, 
for Jesus Christ our Lord, the eternal Word made flesh, sharing our humanity and revealing your love and compassion, for his life and ministry in word and deed, his lifting up of the lowly and his healing of the broken, for his redeeming death on the cross for all humanity, of which this bread and this cup are the symbol and sign. We thank you for raising him to life again and exalting him so that we might call him Lord as we offer him our allegiance and seek to share his way. We thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit powerfully present in your people and your world, for the fellowship of your church and for all the means of grace and the hope of glory. Living God, wherever we are, fill us with your Spirit, that as we share this bread and this wine together, we may feed on the body and blood of Christ and be empowered for service in your world. Accept our prayers and thanksgiving in the name of Jesus Christ, the light of the world and the life of your people. Amen. Jesus took the bread and he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in memory of me. Please take a moment to take your bread, to break it and to eat and to give thanks to God for his gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. In the same way, Jesus took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed by my blood. Whenever you drink it, do that in memory of me. We drink and we remember that Christ's blood was shed for us and we give him Thanks. Again, let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, we offer you our bodies our souls to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. So go into God's world with joy and peace and love 
and hope in your hearts and the blessing of Almighty God, Creator, Redeemer and Sustainer be with each one of you. Amen. Thank you for joining us in worship today and I would like to thank all those who took part in the service to Sharon and Paul for reading God's word to us, to Brian for his prayers of intercession reminding us very carefully to be respectful and appreciative of God's world and of our calling to share God's bountiful provision with others. Thanks too to Michael for leading us in the exploration of God's word and for sharing the bread and wine and to Clemmy for singing. As we look forward to sharing God's word with others, wherever we are in the coming week, let us take hope in the words of the benediction, which I would invite you to say with me. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Saviour, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.